Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Going Up Cast, your weekly feel-good podcast with Spider-Man, a marvelous exhibit, a recap of my recent Patreon livestream, my rage-filled drive home from another concert, back-to-school advice and stories, new Harry Potter chapters, and a new format for Song of the Week. I'm your host, Andrew Logan, and let's dive right into it. We cover a lot of ground in this week's podcast. I am about halfway through the brand new Spider-Man game, and I talk about my thoughts and feelings on that. I got out of the house and went into the city for a Marvel exhibit at a local museum. Saw another concert, and I talk a lot about that. We talk about Patreon, how the live stream went, the date for the next Patreon live stream, which is very, very exciting. But first... I got, I got some news and some housekeeping that I want to knock right out the gate before we get any further into the podcast. So let's get right into that. Hey gang, so this is a little bit of a little bit of housekeeping news stuff that I want to talk to you guys about right out the gate here. I uh, just signed on with uh, Libsyn Hosting Services. Uh, what this will hopefully do is A... It will help with um, iTunes. Apparently, I've had a couple of people tell me that they were struggling to get the podcast to play and download on iTunes podcasts. Hopefully, that will now be fixed. Um, and B, I am now on Spotify, which is my which was my goal. Um, I always wanted this to end up on Spotify, and we are now on Spotify. You just search the Going Up Cast, or you can even type in Andrew Logan and look under Podcasts. Both ways will work, and you can find it right there. You can subscribe right on um, Spotify. You can listen to all the episodes there for free. They're all there. It's freaking amazing. I love the fact that I'm on there. And um, I'm currently just kind of playing around with a lot of the metadata on the Libsyn service, just trying to make sure that everything is functioning, that it all has the correct like um, titles and everything looks good and all that stuff. Um, so it's a lot of back-end, super exciting stuff. Um, but this new uh, leg of the Going Up cast being on Spotify now needs I need to change uh, how we do Song of the Week. First off, the playlist um, on Spotify will maintain and continue um, in forever. It's just it's always going to be there. It'll it'll always be a thing. Um, but the segments of each week in which I play a little snippet of the songs needs to needs to die down and go away. Um, just because I don't want to get into any uh, potential hot water moving into the future of the podcast. So how this is going to break down is uh, one of three ways. Um, and this is actually really cool for you guys as well. So here's here's way number one. Uh, way number one uh, will be simply talking about the song. Um, it's the simplest method. Uh, it's the method I'm going to be using for more complex songs. Uh, and that will make sense uh, with way two, which is uh, depending on the song of the week and the genre of the song, I actually am quite the musician myself. I've been playing a bunch of instruments for the vast majority of my life. I've been drumming for something like 15 years or something like that. And I've been playing guitar for like six or seven, those sorts of things. So with certain songs, I actually have the abilities uh, with my current living situation to record covers myself. Um, and I think that'd be a really fun, creative challenge uh, to sing little, little snippets. You know, I only need to be competent of, uh, of a guitar player and a singer for like 20 seconds. You know, the bit you'll hear on the podcast, that's all, that's as much of the song I need to be able to perform. So I'm going to try that with, um, with a couple of songs, um, uh, moving forward. And I want to open the door 
here's way three. I want to open the door to all of you out there as well. Because I know I'm not the only musician in the world. There's millions of us. And if you have a song that you want to suggest for Song of the Week and have the ability to record yourself playing that song, I think that'd be awesome to throw that up on the podcast and be like, here's a song suggestion from so-and-so, and here's them playing it. I think that'd be incredible. I'd be so excited to play people's covers of their favorite songs on the podcast. I think that'd be awesome. So I'm opening the door for now and forever. If you have a song suggestion for Song of the Week and you are a musician, or if you just want to like sing it, you don't even have to be a musician. If you just want to like sing the song a cappella or just hum a little bit of it, whatever, whatever. I'll put it up on the podcast because I think that'd be incredible. Send your recordings. Uh, you can even use Audacity, which is a free software, which I have used for every single episode of the Going Upcast and for every recording of my audiobooks because Audacity is awesome. Send it to goingupcast at gmail.com or use the contact page on goingupcast.com. I'm not sure you can attach files through that, so you might have to send it in an email, but I think that'd be incredible. So moving forward, uh, we'll just talk about the song. I'll record little snippets of the song, and maybe somewhere down the road, you guys will send in your own recordings of your favorite songs, and that will be freaking awesome. Uh, and just to clarify, the studio recordings of the songs will still be able to be listened to on the Going Up Cast playlist on Spotify, uh, of which there is a page on GoingUpCast.com. If you type in Going Up Cast, uh, make sure it is G-O-I-N apostrophe. If you type in G-O-I-N-G, you're not going to get it. It's got it's to have the apostrophe. I, I'm stylizing this forever. It's got to have the apostrophe. Otherwise, it's not showing up. So, But that's ironic, or I guess inconsistent, because goingupcast.gmail.com is spelled G-O-I-N-G-U-P-C-A-S-T at G-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M. Yes, so there is a G in the email and on the Twitter page, because you can't do apostrophes and those things. But for, for everything else, including searching for it on Spotify, it's got to have the apostrophe. So just letting you know that now. And uh, now that it's on Spotify, you guys can just follow the podcast right there on Spotify. It'll update you when there's a new episode. Uh, I don't know when Spotify gets updated, um, but I'm guessing it'll be pretty quick after the episode lands on Tuesdays, and you'll be able to listen to it um, almost instantly. And I'm very, very excited about this new leg. I mean, now that we're on Spotify, I think that's it. I think I think I've hit like every major podcasting service that I'm aware of. Uh, so anybody should be able to listen to this now. Uh, you can listen to it on iTunes. You can listen to it on Google Podcasts. You can listen to it on Spotify, and you can listen to it on the website. That's like you got you got so many ways of absorbing this podcast. I don't want to hear I don't want to hear nothing from no one saying they can't they can't access the podcast because. Jesus, who isn't using at least one of these four sources anyway? But of course, the only way you can listen to the Harry Potter audiobook is on the website. So that will that won't end up anywhere else. It will only be on the website. That's that's the only source you can find the Harry Potter audiobook. At least my Harry Potter audiobook. I'm sure you can find other ones on Audible, but mine's the best one because it's recorded with the inebriation and it's free so mine's the superior audiobook anyway i uh, just wanted to get all this um housekeeping stuff kind of right out right at the top right out the gate and uh you know what i think i think now would be an excellent time for me to put my new song of the week stuff into practice and uh and let's get into this week's songs of the week so as we just heard this week we're gonna do song of the week a little differently i've got two songs as usual and I have taken the time to do a quick little 
quick little snippet cover of one of the songs. And the other song we're just going to talk about because it's an amazing song. But the first song, uh, which I covered, is going to be Don't Think Twice, It's Alright, written by Bob Dylan, released in 1962 on the album The Free Wheel and Bob Dylan. It is my favorite Bob Dylan song. It's just got such a soft feel to it. Uh, it paints such a wonderful picture of what Dylan was going through at the time about how, you know, love's lost and moving on, finding the next step in the road, those sorts of things, and going like, hey, you know what? It's totally fine. Don't even worry about it, you know? Sometimes things happen, and don't think twice. It's all right. Now, this cover was recorded very late at night, so I have a very soft voice for this particular little snippet of the song, but you know what? A deal's a deal. So here is myself singing Don't Think Twice, It's All Right. So long, honey, babe Where I'm bound, I can't tell But goodbye's too good a word, babe So I'll just say fare thee well I ain't saying you treated me unkind You could have done better, but I don't mind you just kinda wasted my precious time But don't think twice, it's alright I thought it turned out pretty alright, I gotta say um, I'm very excited to see what songs I am able to kind of turn into covers for y'all to listen to down the road But up next, we got a song that I wouldn't have a shot in hell of being able to cover. And I think that's going to be uh, one of the themes of doing this moving forward. I'll cover the songs I can and then talk about the songs that I absolutely can't cover. And this song is called Starlight. It came off of Slash's first debut solo album uh, back in 2010 where he had a bunch of uh, lead singers from all sorts of different bands uh, come on to be vocalists for a bunch of different songs. And for Starlight, the vocalist was Miles Kennedy, uh, who also sings uh, "Back from Cali" on the on the same album. And Miles Kennedy eventually became like the new singer for all of Slash's uh, later solo stuff, including um, the uh, "World on Fire" album and the "Apocalyptic Love" album, which came out I think two years and then six years after the release of this album. But Starlight is a very um, it's a very good ballad. And it's such a beautiful guitar riff at the beginning. Miles Kennedy has this incredible singing voice. And he just carries the song all the way through to incredible highs. And it's just a great upbeat. Kind of makes you feel good on the inside. Um, I love I love the song. It's, it's on my personal feel-good playlist that I made a long time ago. When, you know, life just starts hammering down that door. And you need something to pick you right back up. It's on there. And it's one of my favorite songs. It brings a smile to my face every time I hear it. And if you want to hear Starlight by Slash and Miles Kennedy, you're going to have to listen to it on the Gone Cast Song of the Week playlist. Like I said, there's a tab on the website. And if you have a song that you want to recommend for Song of the Week, I would encourage you to reach out at goingcast at gmail.com or using the contact page on goingcast.com. You can reach out. Let me know about your Songs of the Week. If you want to cover your song that you want to recommend for Song of the Week, I highly encourage you to do so. I'll play it right here on the podcast. I think it'll be an awesome, fun time. For everybody involved, and if neither of those two ways of reaching out to me with your song of the week work for you, well, you know what you can do. You can pull an Andy from Toy Story and write your song of the week suggestion on the bottom of your shoe, and then go find like some soft mud 
or some snow and just step in it nice so the the song gets imprinted on the snow and then as the snow melts and the mud dries up the water involved in the message will enter the clouds the clouds will drift across the country will rain down upon my house and once i drink it i will be struck by sudden inspiration to play that particular song now this process is going to take anywhere between five to seven months or years so as long as you're cool on waiting that's that's a that is a that is a perfectly acceptable method to deliver that message to me or you can always just send me an email uh if you want it if you want it faster then um then condensation evaporation and uh consumption of liquid would provide anyway let's move on to the next thing in the podcast this past week saw the release of a highly anticipated PlayStation 4 game known as Marvel Spider-Man, and naturally I pre-ordered the super duper deluxe con of fun of lawn edition, and uh, I've played it for about I would say five hours, um, and it's phenomenal. I am having just the most fun playing this game. The web swinging mechanics are super fluid and super on point. There's a lot of skills that you can get uh, very quickly in order to do a lot of cool trick things in the air and do do flooper doops super fast and all sorts of crazy shit. It's awesome. That's uh, a ton of fun. The movement feels very fluid. Uh, the game opens up into to, uh, pretty strong open world mechanics pretty early on. Uh, there's a bit of a linear thing going on for like the first hour and then after that it's like it gets pretty open and you can do a lot um getting all of the random collectibles is super fun um there's little tidbits uh almost everything is voice acted like you pick up um one of the one of the collectibles is gathering uh pete's backpacks from just all over the city there's like 55 of them or something like that and each one comes with like a unique item and then when you look at it closer you hear uh peter talk about the item and it's history and stuff like that and like these cute little uh one or two sentence uh, audio clips that are super uh super entertaining there's a lot of J. Jonah Jameson like Rush Limbaugh style radio podcast things that play every now and then that are very funny. I'm a big fan of those. A lot of um, just deep Spider-Man cuts, pretty pretty prevalent throughout the first you know throughout the whole game. Um, I can't speak for later content, but for the first five hours, there's definitely a lot there. Um, I'm really really hopeful for brief little cameos from some of the uh, people from like the rich rogues gallery of Spider-Man characters. Uh, there've been a couple so far of people going, of me going like, hey, it's this person. Um, and they're there for like 20 seconds and then they're gone. Um, but I'm hopeful for like Black Cat. I want Black Cat to show up. Um, I think I'd lose my mind if like Craven the Hunter showed up, like shit like that. So I'm keeping my eyes and ears open. Combat wise, um, it's very Arkham Asylum. It's super. Arkham Asylum. There's sneaky stealth missions in which you got to take people out one at a time. You've got uh, your radar to see where enemies are through walls. You've got a bunch of gadgets to help you take them down. The combat is super Arkham Asylum. You even get the like the little lightning bolts above your head. It makes more sense for Spider-Man because it's Spidey sense. I guess for Batman it's like ninja sense or whatever. Um, so you're dodging and countering and it's all really fluid and bouncy. Uh, the combat feels more natural towards Spider-Man because it makes more sense for him to fly 30 feet across a battlefield and hit somebody else in the face than it does for Batman because Spider-Man actually has superpowers and Batman's just really cool. Um, so it makes, canonically it makes more sense 
uh, but it's just as good as the Arkham Asylum combat system. It's it's super solid. It feels super tight. Uh, there's a lot of um, it's almost character action in a way. There's a lot of like uppercuts to smash them into the air, and then once they're in the air, you can beat the shit out of them, and then swing like into the ground into the next person and knock that person into the air, and you can do combo chains and stuff. And it's oh, it's just crazy. It's awesome. Uh, the game like uh, graphically is incredible to look at. The uh, the various times of day that you go through as you progress through the main story mode. Each time of day looks beautiful. Um, I've played it at night. I've played it in like twilight at the dawn and the midday. Each light scenario feels really cool. Um, what's kind of nice about the game is is the, it's like a kind of a true open world. Like here's your next big story quest, and it gives you a little blip, and it's like boop, there it is, and it's like. If you get near it, like, 100 meters away from that, it'll, like, start the next story quest. But if you don't want to do that right now, time freezes. Like, the days won't progress. You can just do whatever the fuck you want and do, do like, all the side city stuff. And then you can progress through the story quest. And when you start moving through the story, um, things start to pick up pretty quickly. And it's, uh, I don't want to give any spoilers in terms of story because I think it's incredibly strong. I think the story right now is awesome. I'm very excited to see where it goes. Um, the voice acting is super on point. Spider-Man is very entertaining. It's got just a, a top-notch cast of uh, veteran voice actors all over the place. I've heard Travis Willingham. I've heard Laura Bailey. I've heard Patton Oswalt. Just, um, just kind of spread out throughout the game. And that's, that's awesome that they got such big names in a project like this. I think the game is fantastic. There was this one moment in particular that kind of jumped this game further up my all-time favorite game list because it was super sweet and super heartfelt. And if you play the game, it's within the first five hours and you'll know it when you see it. Trust me, I don't want to say what it is though because the game is super new and I want people to be able to experience this um, on their own. The game is phenomenal. Um, based on like my feel of it for right now, I feel like I barely scratched the surface in terms of this game and I've played it for like five hours. I'm willing to bet I could probably squeeze somewhere between 50 to 60 hours of entertainment out of this game, which makes it worth the price of admission. Uh, there's there's a ton here. And we already know for a fact that in October, we're going to get the first drop of DLC beyond the core game. So it's going to have a hopefully a long lifespan. Uh, it's got a lot going on. There's a ton of deep Spider-Man cuts. There's a bunch of different costumes. There's a bunch of different abilities that the costumes can have but you do not have to wear the costume in order to have the ability there's a uh, one skin called like uh, spider punk or something like that and he's got like a leather or not leather like a jean vest and like spikes along his head and that uh costume's ability is called like rock on and basically what it is is um it's the brutal legend like leap into the air and then like ground slam with a guitar and it's just like and everybody gets like knocked back um but you can have that on any suit so I'm wearing the default like white spider suit, which is the suit um, for all the promo materials. And then you can like land on a rooftop and there's like 20 thugs. And then you just leap up and you go and everybody just flies off the rooftop and you, you beat all the thugs. And it's it's super awesome. It's like this game allows you to play Spidey how you want to play him. And like you could you could be the super sneaky uh, pick him off one at a time Spider-Man. You can get in there and be a total brawler. There's one suit that makes you bulletproof. 
It's awesome. There's so much variety in this game. It's crazy. I'm super into it. I want to dive in. I want to sink my teeth into it. I want to see what else there is. I want to see what kind of fun abilities there are. All the suits. And I want to collect all the backpacks. And take pictures of all the uh, landmarks in New York City. And stop random crime. And do all sorts of things. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It has the best of open world. It doesn't take you a day and a half to get places. Because of the web swinging mechanic is so fluid and quick. You can go from point A to point B. You can go from one side of New York to the other within seconds. It's crazy how fast you can move. You can even web swing in Central Park off of the trees. I don't know how that's humanly possible, but he's doing it. So it's pretty awesome. Um, there's a lot of side quests that you can just walk over and activate whenever the fuck you feel like it. You don't. You never know what you're going to get. You never know what you're going to get. I met this one person named Stephanie who's like a bird watcher. I don't know who that is. She's probably a really big character in the Spider-Man universe. And I could probably look her up later and be like, oh, that's this person. She, she's actually bird, bird eye. Yeah, uh, old old favorite of Spidey's bird eye. There you go. Uh, you got you got it all. So it's it's pretty fantastic. Um, there's there's a couple things that are a little little bizarre. Uh, there's um, Pete is working with um a certain character in like a lab, and uh, that uh, lab allows him to like develop new Spidey gadgets and stuff like that. But you're also working on like these weird like. Um, uh, what's the term? They're like circuit panel puzzles where you got to get the electrical current to go from one point to another with all these pieces and you got to assemble them in kind of the right order. Um, that's, that seems a little, I mean, it's fine and they're easy, but it's just kind of like, why is this here? This doesn't really seem, this doesn't really need to be here. But, um, I think it, uh, goes towards, um, one review that I saw. It's an excellent Spider-Man game and it's a good Peter Parker game. It hits both sides. You get you get a lot of both, and I think that's really important for a Spider-Man game in order to get both aspects like on point. That's one thing you don't get a lot of in the Batman Arkham games. It's a lot of Batman and almost no Bruce Wayne. There's almost no Bruce Wayne. It's almost all Batman. And this it is Spider-Man and Peter Parker because a core aspect of the character is the is the balance between his personal life and his role as Spider-Man. That's a huge part of the character. And they execute that incredibly well in this game. Uh, the game is Marvel Spider-Man, so Marvel definitely had a hand in this. And you you get that sense really early on. The soundtrack is awesome. Uh, like everything about it is just is just killer. But the little control panel-y bits are a little bizarre. Um, there are there's even like uh, you gotta unlock towers, almost Assassin's Creed style, in order to unlock the whole map. Uh, I'm super cool with that. That's totally fine. It makes sense in the universe. Um, the, the banter that Parker has with everybody else is wonderful. Uh, he's got his friend in the police force, Yuri Watanabe or something like that. And the banter between those two is adorable. Um, Peter being sassy to like all the, all the criminals he's going up against. It feels, it feels like Spider-Man. It's Spider-Man to like a T. It's, it's incredible. It's probably once I'm, once all is said and done, it's probably gonna be the greatest uh, superhero game I've ever played. I think I think it might outstrip Batman. I love Batman. Don't get me wrong, but what this game took what Batman was incredible at and just cranked it up to eleven and added whimsy. Like Batman's pretty heavy and pretty dark, and you know everything's all moody and gritty. Uh, I still love those games, and I'll still play the heck out of those games. But this map is bigger the 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 uh transportation um module with the swinging and all that stuff feels way stronger the combat's more in depth the characters are a lot more 
personalitable. They've got a lot more going about them. You know, it's not just like, mm, Master Wayne, it seems that Ra's al Ghul is set up in the underground aspect of Gotham City. It looks like you'll have to get down there and see what he's doing. Uh, it's not, they, they're, they're people. They're people with emotions. And the mocap on the faces is all really good. Oh my god. I could, I could talk about this game forever. And I've already spoken about it for like 11 minutes. If you were on the fence about it, I, I highly encourage you to pick up this game. I highly encourage you to pick up this game. It is, it is wonderful. And if you can't get it because it's a PS4 exclusive, then watch videos, find a live stream, absorb, can absorb this game into your psyche. It's really good. This is not a game to miss at all. And you know, you can always come back and play it later, but I mean, we're in the here and the now when everybody's going to be talking about it for a while. So if you don't want to get spoiled, get in, get in on the ground floor, swing on in to to the, the the streets of New York and fly with Spidey and presumably with his friends. I don't know. I've only I've only seen like two Spidey friends. I hope for more. I, I need I need more cameos. I need more like little little character bits. Where's Black Cat? She better fucking be in this game. I swear to God. All right, so that's that's it on Spider-Man. It's really good. Play it. Super good. Can't wait to play more. But now I have to go to work like an adult. I'll play more later. Sometime. <laughs> Got a good weekend ahead of me, so hopefully I'll find some time to uh, to sink my teeth into it more. And hey, you know what? Let's do what Spidey would do if, he, if this was his podcast. And let's move on to the next thing within... Not Spider-Man's podcast. It's my podcast. Spider-Man can have this. He can have an awesome game, but he can't have this podcast. This is mine. Let's move on to the next thing. My podcast. Take that, take that, Spidey. Another week, another batch of wonderful Harry Potter chapters. Now, I might be a little biased because I made them myself, but they are wonderful. And they are chapter 7, The Bargot in the Wardrobe, chapter 8, Flight of the Fat Lady, and chapter 9, Grim Defeat, in which Harry, well, I don't want to spoil it, but uh, shit goes south for uh, for old, old Harry P in chapter 9. But we're not going to talk about chapter 9 right now. We're going to talk about chapter 7. Chapter 7, The Bargot in the Wardrobe. Honestly, it's like two minutes into that chapter is this week's uh, moment now naturally these three chapters are just loaded with wonderful goofs and gags but this one's always one of my favorites uh, because it sticks with me and I think about it a lot um, and it deals with a, a certain blonde Ponce who is uh, well let's just say uh, injured from his own stupidity and uh, he's reaping the so-called benefits from such an occasion let's listen to what the the Malfoy sire has to say today Weasley, you had Professor Snape cut up these roots. Ron seized his knife and pulled Malfoy's roots towards him and began to chop them roughly so they're all different sizes. Professor, draw Malfoy. Weasley's mutilating my roots, sir. I don't know where he gets this kind of cocky, positive attitude. Like, he's just a dirty, tattletale snitch. Like, he's not even earning any kind of, like, threat factor from his own abilities you know he's just complaining a lot that's not a superpower Malfoy it means you're a weak person that's what that means yeah that's right I'm dropping dropping the mean insults today Malfoy is a weak individual and he complains to others because he cannot fight his own battles pwned taking sip of my tea three brand new chapters of Harry Potter and the prisoner of Kazmamans uh, Lance 
every Wednesday evening, right on the dot, usually right when I get home, I'll upload those chapters, and bam, you got three brand new chapters. And I am very excited about what's going to happen in these three chapters, and I'm even more excited about what happens in the next three chapters. It's very good stuff. The story is progressing. This madman on the loose, who's going to who's gonna get him? Is it you? It's pro- probably you. You did it. You, you caught him. You, good job. I'm proud of you. You done, you done saved the world from an innocent, well, maybe he's innocent. Who knows? We'll have to listen to the whole book to find out. Anyway, that's it for Harry Potter Talk this week. It's a new segment, Harry Potter Talk. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Real quick, last Saturday was the second Patreon live stream that I've hosted. Uh, this time around, I played Shovel Knight and got increasingly angry as I was horribly incapable of playing that game. I love Shovel Knight to pieces. And I have um, all the all the Shovel Knight plushies uh, that are feasible to get. There's like a whale that was like the first Yacht Club plushie that I'm never going to get because it's so expensive. Um, but I have I have like Shovel Knight, Inspector Knight, and Shield Knight, and King Knight, and Plague Knight. There it is. Um, I've got all those, and they're all very cool. And they all have little magnetic weapons, and you can kind of mix and match and stuff like that, and it's a lot of fun. Um, but right now, they're all like sealed away in boxes because they don't have room to display them. Anyway, we played that. Uh, it was a jolly good time. I think the stream went a lot smoother this time around because I actually knew what to do. Um, in order to set up the stream. So I'm pretty happy with how that went. And hey, if you guys want to get in on the Patreon live streams, well, there's a very easy thing that you can do. In order to get in on the Patreon live streams, you go to the Patreon website. You can find a link to it on goingupcast.com. I think it's just patreon.com forward slash goingupcast. Pretty sure that's it. Uh, and you can go and you can you can be you can be a supportive patron. And then at the $5 level, you get access to the monthly live streams. There's a bunch of other tiers on there of all sorts of fun stuff that you can you can sign up for, uh, including personalized recordings of whatever you want. Um, I know I've got this uh, this one friend of mine who wants me to reread uh, one of the Harry Potter books, uh, changing one of the character voices. And um, yeah, no, you know, if the money the money's right, I'll do it. That kind of thing. So you, no matter whatever you want, you want me to read, want me to read like this this short story you wrote or Shakespeare or a Futurama movie script. I don't know. Whatever you want. Whatever you want, I'll read it. If I can find it, I'll read it for you. And I think that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. So go check it out. Uh, I think it'll be be a grand old time for everybody involved. And if you are thinking about uh, being a patron, but you want to wait until like the next Patreon live stream, well, I can tell you right now that the next Patreon live stream is going to be on October 13th. I'm aiming for the second Saturday of every month. I think is um is what the uh the uh day of the month for the Patreon live stream will be. So the thirteenth of October, it will be a wonderful live stream. I think I might do a horror game because it's October and it's time for Spooky Month. So get ready for that. Get ready for me to get proper spooked. We'll even maybe we'll have the stream like later at night when it's dark, and make it proper spooky. Hmm. Very exciting. Very exciting prospects. But yeah, it all went very well. And I uh, just wanted to give a quick little update on that. Encourage you all to be patron supporters. I'd very much appreciate it. And uh, tell you what, let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. So this past week, I went to, it's called um, MoPop now, like movies and pop culture, I think is what it stands for. It used to be called the EMP, which was the Experience Music Project. 
Anyway, it's this museum in Seattle. And uh, every now and then they have these roving um, exhibits that are always really interesting or fascinating. Like they had a David Bowie exhibit that came in. That was really cool. They had a Jim Henson exhibit that was full of Muppet and Sesame Street and Labyrinth stuff. And the most recent exhibit that we've got going on right now, which ties in nicely with the uh, with the Spider-Man thing that I've been obsessing about for the last couple of days, uh, they had a Marvel exhibit. And the Marvel exhibit's been there for some time, uh, but I finally got a chance to go and take a look at it. And it predominantly focused on the history of Marvel, um, especially involving the Avengers, and Spider-Man was the core focus of this. It touched base on um, a couple of other heroes, like uh, the ones you'll find on the Netflix shows, uh, The Runaways were spoken about, which is a new show that I think either has already started to come out or it will come out later this year. Not 100% on that one, but it touched base on all that stuff. I talked about the Inhumans for a little bit, um, and I got like a picture with me and Spider-Man, and I got a picture with me and Lockjaw. Um, one or both or some of the images regarding this event will be on the um, will be on the blog that you can go take a look at. Uh, but it was it was really cool. They had like issue number one of Marvel Comics, which was really neat to see. It focused on the Human Torch fighting a Submariner. You know, real classic characters. Uh, the Human Torch. This was before the Fantastic Four, which I think is really interesting. The Human Torch was like was like the first guy, you know. And it talked about uh, Steve Ditko and Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. Naturally, it spoke about all those guys and all of their fun times they had making all this cool stuff and it was really interesting it was really informative i learned a lot about marvel and uh its creation and um you know i've i've been a big dc fan for a long time but i mean marvel's characters marvel's stories and marvel's impact on pop culture for like the last you know century almost has been pretty prevalent um and it's it's kind of hard to compare the two anymore marvel has so much going for it dc's got a lot going for it too but i mean you know if one was to fade away into obscurity i think we all know which one that would be and we'd all be you know reading marvel comics and absorbing marvel content and drinking from marvel mugs and all that stuff so it was it was very cool it was an awesome exhibit if you're in the seattle area i'd highly recommend it and beyond that and the mopop has a lot of really cool stuff uh they recently updated their uh, exhibit on horror movies, which is super spooky and creepy now. They had like this bit where it's just a bunch of like bloody hanging bodies from chains, just like in a little zone. And amongst the bodies are like these TV screens that just have static running the whole time, which is nice and creepy, especially when everybody else in the exhibit is like pushing on the body bags to freak the people out that are inside it, you know, cause we're all, we're all dicks. Uh, there was that bit, there was a bit that was like biohazards. So it was like uh, disgusting heads floating in jars and stuff like that. That was real proper spooky. There was uh, there was this TV and they had a little plaque. Um, and uh, there's, there's, you know, um, uh, nowadays, especially with things like Slenderman and uh, a lot of creepypasta stories on the internet, there's a lot of uh, creating new horror mythos uh, around nowadays, which is um, this whole new brand of media. Uh, really, it's like, you know, you'll have found footage, you'll have audio clips, you'll have interviews, you'll have uh, news articles, you'll have fake websites, you'll have all sorts of things to to, to tell a story, to tell a, a new creepy, terrifying story. And um, it's, it's a fascinating multimedia level campaign to sell this idea, to sell this new horror thing. Um, and they had this TV that was kind of alongside that same 
avenue of brain space where the TV screen was squishy. It was like a fabric screen and you could push and squish, squish on it. And the little plaque on it stated things like, the TV was found in the woods outside of the city of Seattle. Uh, the TV runs with no obvious sign of power. Um, it has this eerie glow about it. And like, you know, if you push on the screen for a long time, something spooky will happen. Uh, it was like uh, flashing images and stuff like that. But it was it was along that same line of they they made a story and they developed like a prop to go with the story. And I think that's really cool. It's not often you see a museum create exhibits. You know what I mean? Like they had, you know, here's the mask from Halloween and here's a chair from Hostel and here's a face hugger, like all that stuff. Like here's a thing from a movie. But this TV wasn't from a movie. It was created by the museum themselves to be an exhibit, which I think is pretty awesome. Um, I think that's super cool. And you get that kind of stuff all over the place with this uh, with this museum. Uh, they've got the sci-fi bit, and you go look at robots and spaceships and all sorts of different things. They've got a fantasy thing where you can go and like create your own fantasy map and learn about Lord of the Rings and look at way too many Chronicles and Narnia props because apparently that's all they could really get. Fuck the Chronicles and Narnia. Anyway, um, but yeah, the, the Marvel exhibit at Mopop is particularly good. Um, and then, of course, they've got a lot of music stuff. They've got a Nirvana exhibit. They have a Pearl Jam exhibit that's right going on right now. They even have an indie games exhibit where it talks all about like Nintendo and stuff. So they've really, they've. I don't know why I'm plugging this place hard, but it's a cool, it's a cool joint. I'd recommend it. It's a fun way to spend like an afternoon, just wandering around. There's lots to see, especially if you've never been there before. There's lots to do. There's this thing called the Sound Lab on the third floor where you can play like a whole bunch of instruments. And just they have them all set up there forever, and you can just. Play the guitar, or play some bass, or slam on some drums, or sing. You can do whatever. There's even some jam rooms that has like all of it, and you can just you know play around with all of it, and that's a lot of fun. Um, they've got this new thing called the Hollow Dome, um, which we didn't do uh, because it it costs more money. It's like five dollars a person, um, but it's like a, a VR room experience thing, and I'm still vastly intrigued by it. So I'm hopeful that I'll I'll be able to s stick my snoot into that later on and see exactly what the hell that's all about. But, uh, but yeah, the Marvel exhibit was very cool. Um, they had these big statues you could go take pictures with. There was a statue of the Thing and Black Panther and Spider-Man and Lockjaw. And um, I think that was it. They had like the Iron Man suits up. It was all very cool. It was very cool. But uh, I think that'll, that'll do it for my little Marvel spiel. Um, especially because I've already talked a lot about Spider-Man in this podcast. Um, just as a quick side note, I'm much further on in the game now than I was when I recorded that, that little first first impressions bit of Spider-Man and it's still incredible I'm about halfway through the game right now I love it to pieces I can't recommend it highly enough but that's enough Marvel talk let's move on to the next thing in the podcast hey gang it is I and holy shit my voice is my voice is pretty shot but uh my hearing's okay um because I wore headphones to this week's concert um went back to tried and true God, I wish bands would stop playing here so I could fucking go to a different venue because this venue blows. El Corazon. Mm. In Seattle. Which, I mean, I've seen countless bands there. Countless at this point. Hell, I even played El Corazon twice, all right? So I'm, I'm pretty fucking familiar with the place. you think I'd, I'd have learned to not be in the fucking mosh pit, but whatever. I was going to go see 
Unleash the Archers, which is a Vancouver metal band. They're one of my favorites. Um, they've tweeted me a couple of times over the course of my life, and I love them to pieces. They're just wonderful people through and through. Which one of these fucking lanes do I want? I want this one. All right. Um, sorry, I'm getting on the highway going home. So, you know, just trying to just trying to figure out my way out of the goddamn city. Oh man. And just quick side note. Some fucking idiot just wandering around in the middle of the street while I'm trying to drive out of here. Turns out he has his dog off the goddamn leash in the middle of the road. And he's like, oh my god. Sure. Yeah, you know, I saw the dog. I didn't hit the dog. The dog's fine. But what the fuck are you thinking, buddy? Put your goddamn dog on a leash, especially when it's midnight in the goddamn city. Anyway, sorry. I don't mean to yell. Um, but Jesus. People don't think anymore. It's such a bummer. Anyway. Um, oh, thank God. A familiar road. I can accelerate and let's let's get the hell out of here i love seattle but not at night not at night seattle's not my favorite city at night that's new york new york's my favorite city at night bar none hands down new york's the best um i'm so excited to go be to be going back to new york uh next september that's a story for another time so unleash the archers 11 pieces i was so excited to see them even though it was at el corazon i made my piece with it it was like a 12 dollar ticket whatever fine and then a couple of days before the show, they announced VIP packages, which is included like a meet and greet and a poster and a laminate and all sorts of cool goodies. And I was like, fuck yeah, how much is that? Fuck, $25. And I was like, awesome, doing it. And it was me and like 15 other people who follow them on Instagram and saw that, that were able to be in the VIP line. Uh, so we got in, got to meet the band, had a couple of words with them, I got a picture. You can see the picture of me with the band on the blog. I love it. Um, I already had all their signatures because I pre-ordered one of their albums. Uh, their last album, Apex, uh, came with a bunch of signatures and a bunch of little goodies and stuff like that. And forever cemented them as one of my all-time favorite bands. And um, I met Brittany Slays. She's the lead singer, and she's wonderful. She's super sweet, super nice. I love her to pieces. Fantastic. But well, I think one of, the, one of the biggest reasons I'm not a big fan of El Corazon is that whenever there's a show that's even slightly popular, they'll tack on just a bunch of extra bullshit bands. And originally there were only supposed to be two opening acts, there were four, and I'm too old for this. And I was I was like, I was going in, I was like, God damn it. <sighs> All right, I'll, I'm gonna see Unleash the Archers. And um, you know what's really stupid? Is that I have this thing where um, once I hear my favorite song performed by the band I actually paid money to see, if they're the last band of the night, I bail. I'm like, I heard I heard my number one, heard my favorite, you played it, it was awesome, I loved it, I'm leaving, goodbye. And they did that about halfway through the set. They played my favorite song, which is Dream Crusher. Um, and they were playing um, Time Stand Still as I was leaving, leaving the, the venue. But it was like the fourth song they played. So I sat through four hours of opening crap bands to hear about 20 minutes of the band actually paid money to see. God damn it. Oh well, I still loved it. Um, that, that little brief snippet was all I needed. I needed to hear Dream Crusher. They played it, they, they nailed it, I loved it, and I moved on. And I left because I know getting out of the city, especially when there's just a bunch of fucking people um, all trying to get out of the same parking lot you're trying to get out of because you know, we're all parked in the same lot because it's a small venue. You know, that's a nightmare, so. I, I leave early to avoid the traffic at the end rather than stay to hear the whole concert. I can't remember. The last time I probably stayed to hear the entire show was either a time in which I was walking home from the venue so it didn't matter, like I wasn't driving, or when I personally was playing. Those are those are probably the last two times, whatever. Um, 
but I'm, I'm just gonna give you a quick rundown of the opening acts. Um, Cause I'll be honest, some of them were better than I thought and some of them were way worse than I expected. So the first band was a band called Silver Talon. Um, and not to, not to belittle them, you know, the hardworking musicians, I've done that life, I know how difficult it is. Um, but they had this sense of, you, do you remember at Space Jam when, when the Monstars took the talent of the actual NBA players, but they weren't as good with it? That's what this band felt like. They dressed the right way, they were doing the right things on the instruments, but it didn't feel genuine, you know? It felt like all this was paid with like daddy's money. I don't know how else to really explain it, but uh, they were fine. Um, nothing groundbreaking. Uh, the guitars were technically good, but like, sure, you can do sweep and you can do tapping, but you don't know when to use these things. You just do them all the time, removing the specialness of such techniques, you know? Like, as, as the show progressed, and the guitarist became more and more experienced. Um, there was definitely a sense of like, I'm good and I know I'm good, so I don't need to do these things. However, like, let me prove I can, that kind of sense. Um, so that was that band, they played for 20 minutes. Um, the, the vocals, like, the balancing for this show was some of the worst balancing I've ever heard. You couldn't hear any of the singers really at all, which is a huge bummer for Unleash the Archers because she's such an amazing vocalist. And the only reason I knew what the words were or was able to sing along is because I knew the song so well. So that was that was the thing with that. Anyway, so Silver Talent gets off the stage, whatever, fine. The next band is a band called the Devils of Lot Loden, Loden, which is like a 17th century, like French vampire horror story or some shit, um, according to their like bibliography. I don't know, I'm driving a car, I don't have time to Google things. And they were grindcore screamo, which could not have fit worse in this set. Um, I, I mean, Unleashed the Archers is power metal. They've got a, a screamo vocalist for like a little bit, but they're predominantly power metal. And so these grindcore motherfuckers, they like, as far as grindcore goes, they were good, all right? I don't listen to the genre myself very much, but I have a lot of friends who do. And I, I know good grindcore from bad grindcore, and, and they were good. What I don't enjoy is A, mosh pits. I don't, I don't like them anymore, all right? I did all my good moshing days back in high school. Been there, done that, I don't like it. I don't like feeling the impact of it. I don't like being near it. I don't like the mosh pit. I wanna be near the stage, but I don't wanna be in the mosh pit. So I don't, I don't enjoy grindcore because it's like the moshing music. So I, I, like I, I held my tongue, like, you know, I just, I sucked it up, I sat through it, I'm like, this is hopefully the only band they'll be able to do this to tonight. This this music is purpose-bred designed to be moshed to. That's the whole point. So, I was whatever. And then, you know, like, I'm sitting there and the singers are like, let's go to fucking mosh pit going. And I'm like, shut up. I want to enjoy the goddamn show without a bunch of sweaty, giant assholes just pounding my, ba my backside for like 40 minutes. Stop encouraging them to mosh. Anyway, that was the second band. They got off the stage and they were signed. It was whatever. And then the third band came on. Now, I actually heard this band going into it, and I was very excited for them. They were a band called Helion Prime. Sci-fi, metal, um, very kind of epic. Uh, their latest album came out like a couple of months ago, and the last song on the track is like a 20-minute like epic. Um, if you know the band Proto Men, they're pretty similar to that. Like, Proto Men's... Um, 
original concept albums for like Mega Man. Very theatrical. There's a story element to it. It's rock opera-esque. That's what this band was. So I was really excited for it. But instead of playing any of the fucking songs with narrative beauty to them, they decided to play the eight or ten songs of their goddamn backlog of fucking grindcore thrasher shit. So of course the dipshits behind me are moshing again. And they're like, oh, our main lead singer's European, so he couldn't make it tonight because he couldn't get a visa, so we've got this other person. And while she was a good singer, that's not what I wanted. So, like, studio-wise, they're incredible, but they were not good on stage at all, and that's because they're missing, like, like the core of the band. So, that was a huge bummer. That's, that was worse than the shit bands before them whom I didn't even know. I listened to this band and enjoyed this band, and then they sucked dick. And I'm just like, God damn it. Whatever. They got off the stage, they decided whatever. Then the fourth band came on stage, and they're a band called Stryker. And Stryker had an hour long set. But it was pretty good. <laughs> Gotta call Spade a Spade. Those guys had some good old fashioned classic metal for most of their songs. Very 80s, very glam metal. Um, they had like the big hair. They weren't like doing like a Steel Panther bit, but it was basically that. Um, so that was good. I enjoyed that. Um, had a couple of songs in there that were pretty thrashy. And once again, we're encouraging people to mosh. Don't do that. If you're a, you're a metal band, don't encourage people to mosh. Because for the 10% of the audience that actually wants to mosh, there's the 90% of the audience that just wants to hear you play your fucking music. So, they played an hour set. But it was more good than bad. I gotta give them credit. They're a good band. I will listen to them later. Probably not very much. Because um, now it's kind of like associated with some like bad memories of the mosh and shit. And, you know, I'm up against the stage. And El Corazon doesn't have a barricade security stage. It is stage. And you're just leaning against it. So I'm like, I don't know, less than a foot away from every band that played that night. And, uh, you know, that's fine with me. Um, I've been that close to stages before. I saw Symphony X play at this venue that close, and Russell Allen like grabbed my hand, and it was amazing. Um, oh, also, I caught a I caught a guitar pick from uh, from Stryker. I think it's still in my pocket. I hope it's still in my pocket. Um, I'm not feeling it in my pocket. Kind of falling out, like as I sat in this car. Um, I'm not too I'm not too concerned if I don't have it. A guitar pick's a guitar pick. Um, and the band was fine, but, um, I definitely, I definitely caught one. I'm like actively searching around in the car for it. Um, I don't know. I'll find it later if, it, if I still have it. And if not, big whoop, it's fucking, it's a guitar pick from a band I don't really like. So they, they did their bit. They went, they got off the stage and that says whatever. And then Unleash the Arch just comes on stage. And, um, I'm like, you know, this was the first night of the tour. And normally what I do is I look up the set list for the concert before I even go so I can know when to leave. That's usually what I do. And I'm like desperate for their fucking set list because I'm like, I want to know if they're going to play A, my favorite song, and if they're not, I want to know what song I should leave at. And then they did drop the set list and all of us are like leaning forward on the stage trying to get a read on it and I took a picture with my phone to like decipher their nonsense and I see like Dream Crusher missing a lot of owls. And I was like, cool. And then I heard that song they killed it. Wonderful band. I love them to pieces. And then I hit the road and well, here I am. About I'm about to turn into the house. See how fucking see how short that was. Like if I waited to the end of the show, would have gotten bum fucked. Would have been screwed. But thank God that didn't happen. 
because I'm exhausted. I want to go home and take a shower. Thank God I have tomorrow off. Otherwise, I would have gotten five hours of sleep like a freaking idiot. So, anybody anybody walking their dog in the dead of night in here? No? Good, because you guys are smart and you're old. That's what I love about this place. All my neighbors are old as fuck, which means they're in bed at like a reasonable goddamn hour, like human beings. Anyway, anyway that was my concert. I know I may sound angry and, well, it's because the, the, the vast majority of that show was a bad time. It was a bad experience. I didn't. I did not enjoy getting moshed against. I don't do it. I don't recommend you should do it. You go to a venue like this, just stand in the back. They even had like a barricaded off section that I know about, and I should have gone there the whole time. But it's it's whatever. So overall, it was fine. Um, I would love to see them again in a different venue, uh, preferably one with seats. But you know, I I don't know when or if that'll ever happen. But I'm now pulling into the house, so I will see you all in the next bit of the podcast so september early september you know what that means it's back to school time for a lot of people out there a lot of people out there some of you have started college some of you are deep into college some of you are in high school middle school elementary kindergarten no matter what school you're in this is the time in which it usually begins this is the time in which it starts and every school year starts with the same kind of fears and woes you know you got to go clothes shopping you got to go back to school shopping make sure you got enough three ring binders and pencil cap erasers there was this one time in second grade when my second grade teacher yelled at me for not having pencil cap erasers even though my pencils had erasers as all pencils do and they were perfectly fine i did not understand the need for pencil cap erasers and it was like a mandatory part of the class and we actually had to fight him on it oh my god what a fucking that dude had a stick so far up his ass it is rotten anyway back to school time and, you know, some some people out there will give you advice. Like, do your homework before, before the weekend so you can party all weekend. And that was advice I took throughout all of my school, and that's very true. If you do your homework on Friday, you can party all weekend. And that's that's the best. But, uh, you know, you got, you, got, you got me in the podcast. And how did I go through school? Well, I, I had very impressive improvisational skills. Let's put it that way. Uh, I'd have a presentation, PowerPoint, sure. I'll do the PowerPoint, no problem. Get up there, do I have flashcards? Do I have a script memorized? Hell no, I got me a PowerPoint. I'm gonna read off the PowerPoint and then just spitball off of that. You know, you get a couple of prompts off the PowerPoint and then you just kind of spiral it from there. And usually I was charismatic and funny enough to get by and you know what, that works. It absolutely works. I did get by, I did graduate college. With distinction, I might add, uh, but I relied very heavily on my ability to think on my feet throughout school. Um, I studied occasionally. I won't say I never studied, um, but I will fully admit that the, the times I did study were very few and far between. Where I had my bread and butter, and what I can legitimately offer advice on, was the writing, the construction, and the execution of weekly essays. Writing was where I hung my hat. That was my strongest thing in school. Wasn't very good at the tests. Was shit at math. Still can't do it. Um, I can do enough math to do what I need to do, but, you know. Solve this equation. Fuck you. I ain't doing that. You solve it. You figure it out. You're so smart. Write the equation in the first place. Um, But essays was, was my jam. Now, once again, in a similar vein of 
I wasn't a big fan of prep work. You know, I didn't study for tests. I didn't, I didn't like that. And when it comes to writing essays, I despise the first, second, third draft peer review editing process. I'm a stream of consciousness, consciousness writer, consciousness. I'm a stream of conscious writer, in which case I will have a rough idea of what I want to write out. And then I just sit down and I type out the entire essay in one go. That is how I did it. That's how I did it. Occasionally I'd go back, double check. More often than not, what I would do is I would save it, sleep on it, wake up the next day when the paper's actually due, and then just give it a quick scan, say it's good, and send it off. Um, that's what I did. I don't like rubrics for like how to write an essay. I don't like that. I don't like the, the, the you remember back in elementary school, there was that, that standardized way of writing an essay. You had your introduction, your three body paragraphs with an individual idea in each body paragraph, and then you had your conclusion that wrapped up the three body paragraphs and tied it back into the original introduction to make a cohesive paper. Now, the flow of that is fine, the rigid structure of it is not, right? Writing is as creative as anything else in this world, and I believe you should have a bit more flexibility in what is acceptable in writing an essay. And, um, you know, later on, when you get into uh, a lot of research essays in which you have to um, cite things, and there's in-text citations, and there's footnotes, and all that crap that you got to use, uh, it, can get, it can get pretty daunting doing the SLA format and all that stuff. And if you're in elementary or middle school, A, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. But B, um, you won't have to deal with this for quite some time. You got your five-paragraph structure for essays. And while rigid does provide a pretty good foundation for the idea of how to write essays later on in life. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's being taught to you now with the purpose of making sense later. Even if I don't like it looking back on it. It's kind of like the... Uh, uselessness of cursive. Nobody uses cursive anymore, except to sign your own name. That's all you need to learn how to do in cursive is how to sign your own name. So, anyway, but my my biggest bit of advice that I can give to anybody who's currently in school or is back in school or is about to graduate from school is to get out and do as many activities or events as humanly possible. All right, it's really easy to get caught up in the moment of studies. Before you know it, the semester's over and you've got finals and the stress of all that can really get to you. And if there's one thing I regret looking back on like my time in high school and college is that I didn't do like enough like clubs or activities or sports. Um, if anybody invites you to a party, just go. Just go to the party. I mean, worst case scenario, you don't have a good time at the party, but hey, you know what? You got a story to tell. You know how many stories I have of parties? Two. I've got like two or three party stories because I only ever went to two or three parties. Was not was not cool back in college. Um, well, I thought I was cool, but you know, I always think I'm cool. Anyway, get out, get some get some people in your world, meet some new folks, do some new things. Just just to just to see what happens. You never know. Join the sailing club. There's perhaps there's a Minecraft club and everybody's really competitive about it. Maybe you could take that a look. Maybe there's auditions for the for the school play coming up soon. Take a take a crack at that. Or maybe you and a bunch of bros just hang out at the bar for a couple of nights. That's always a good time too. Just go out drinking. Go out drinking and partying and have a good time. Go on a hike. Go go find the nearest body of water and jump into it. Whatever whatever floats your boat. Just go out and do things, all right? I know in today's world with all the video gaming and all the YouTubing and all the movies and the Netflix and all that stuff, it's so easy to just waste away the days just on your couch, just staring at a screen, being entertained and watching other people have adventures. But you know what? I don't, 
I, I had this revelation the other day where um for for like the for the sake of the podcast, I was thinking about going to the Space Needle. And I'm still probably gonna do it. And it occurred to me that like, am I going to the Space Needle because I want to go to the Space Needle? Or am I doing it because I want a story to tell on the podcast? And I arrived at the conclusion that it didn't matter why I wanted to do the thing. Whether it's to talk about it on the podcast or if I actually want to go to the Space Needle. What matters is that I want to go and do a thing. That's what matters. It gets me out of the house and I'm doing something. You know what I mean? The reason behind it, who cares? You know? Like back in college, I used to make YouTube videos. And I did a lot of like Christmas videos that required me to go out of the house and to like do some set location shooting and stuff like that. And sure, I was doing these things to make the video, but at the same time I was doing them. You know what I mean? I don't think the reasoning behind why you do things matters. As long as you do things. As long as it gets you out of the house and having fun and enjoying life. I think that's that's the most important thing. So do that. No matter what school you're in. What level of school doesn't matter. Just make sure you take the time to do something. I actually had this kind of mentality in my freshman year. Me and my roommate had this uh this like ongoing challenge thing, right? Where we would challenge each other to do stupid things to create these stories. And while one could argue that they were manufactured, the fact is that we still did them. And so, you know, it was just part of it was just part of college. Two two of these events three yeah, three of these events still stick out in my head. One was the eggnog chugging challenge in which we each got a quart of eggnog and we had to chug that. Um, that was delicious. I do love my eggnog. Uh, two was the cinnamon challenge, which was stupid and no one should ever do the cinnamon challenge, but I did do the cinnamon challenge. And then the third one was me, my roommate, and a couple of other people from our floor decided to run across campus in our underwear in the dead of winter. Um, I think I was the only one that wore shoes. So, but yeah, that was a... Uh, did that too. Did that too. Yeah, I can look back on that one with pride. So, just get out there and do things. If it's a challenge, you know, I don't I don't care what the rationale behind doing it is. Unless somebody's like, do this stupid thing or I'll cut you. Well, maybe, maybe not do it. Maybe not do it then. But, you know, just do things to do things. You know? That's my best. That's my best school advice. You'll get too bogged down with studying stuff. Oh, and just real quick before we move on to the final thing of the podcast. Relax. Everything seems so important in the moment. You know, oh, I've got this big presentation. I've got this paper due tomorrow, and it's got to be 20 pages with in-text citations, and it's got bound and wrapped up real nice, pretty. Dude, just chill. Okay? Sure. Everything seems super-duper important in the heat of the moment, as it always does. But you got to relax. Because it's important now, but it won't be later. And if you approach everything with a cool, calm, collected mentality, all these things that you're stressing about will seem a lot less important. Just, you know, just throw that out there. It is only school. You're there to learn, not to stress. Stress comes later in life when you're trying to figure out how you're going to buy a house and feed yourself. But for right now, you're cool. Just let it ride. Just let it ride. Just relax. Have a good time. Especially if you're in college, those are the best four years of your life. Everybody says it, but it's super true. It is super true. I'm not saying what happens afterwards is bad. It's, arguably, it is just as good. With a bit more self-reliant responsibility thrown in. But in college, you can just kind of piss off for a weekend, get completely smashed, and not worry about the consequences. When you're, you're an adult and you got to pay like bills and taxes and stuff, you could still do that. Sure. 
but you know context is different school is school is the one time when you're all there for like essentially the same purpose and it's it's pretty wonderful so get out do more clubs do more extracurricular activities do some sports hang out with your friends go to the movies go to a park explore just get out all right and don't let the the stressful times of school get to you because they won't be stressful later imagine how good you'll feel when all this shit is behind you and it's the summertime again but for right now it's the beginning of school just approach it with a light-hearted atmosphere approach it with the idea of doing something fun every weekend just to get out and get some fresh air and some experiences that'll teach you more than school ever will anyway those that's my two cents on school i hope you all have a wonderful year of school and uh let's move on to the final thing in the podcast And finally, I wanted to quickly talk about uh, something I mentioned when I was yelling in my car uh, earlier in this very same podcast that I'm flying back to New York City uh, next September. And this is this is true. I'm going to see another concert, um, but this one's a little different. And I wanted to provide a little bit of backstory on, on it before um, before we go. In the same vein of getting out there and doing things. I saw that one of the vocalists that sang with Arion, uh, Neek Van Giesenberg, I want to say, um, she's a wonderful vocalist. I can't recall what her last name actually is, but she's an incredible vocalist, vocalist and she's opening for this other band whom I've never heard of. And this is, you know, I am flying all the way across the country for what will most likely turn into a weekend probably a three or four day uh, journey in New York City um, just to see an opening act which I'm I'm very excited to see the opening act uh, so I can be like I finally saw this incredible vocalist who sang with Ariana countless albums I'm very excited to see her um, and what is also very exciting for me at least is that I'll see the opening act and then leave the concert where instead of sitting through four hours of crap to see the band I actually paid for I'm going to see the band I paid for right out the gate and then I can just bail. And so I'm very excited about that. New York City is quite, it is my all-time favorite city. New York City is incredible. I love it to pieces. It is just a wonderful place. And I'm very excited to just kind of bounce around the city for um for a couple of days. Because it's been so long since I've been there. I used to live in Connecticut and we would go to New York City uh, fairly often. But since I moved out here, I've not been to New York City since I moved back to Washington, which has been close to a decade now so i'm curious to see how the city's changed uh since i was last there but i'm very excited i'm very excited to go back to new york city and i think the the message for this is you know it's the same thing for the back to school message i'm getting out to do a thing and i think it's very important to set goals like that so you have something to look forward to to get you through like the daily grind of life you know so just uh just some going cast wisdom for you all there at the end of the podcast. And thank you all very much for listening to the podcast. The longest one to date. The longest one to date. Who's thought of that coming? Me. I did. Because I'm looking at the time code right now. And it's, it's a long podcast. Anyway. Thank you all very much for listening. I've got a little bit of homework for you. Especially if you're in school. And hey. You know what? Even if you're not. It might do you some good. I want you all to have one hell of a week. That's what I want. I, I would. I, nothing would make me happier than for you to have an awesome kick-ass week this week maybe maybe you cook up something new and it's delicious and it gives you leftovers for the whole week so you don't have to worry about food or maybe you meet up with an old friend and catch up i like that old that friend's married now why weren't you invited to the wedding these are questions you can ask them aggressively if you 
if you so desire. But whatever you do, I want you to have a good time doing it. And I'll see you tomorrow night for some Harry Potter chapters. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of the Going Up Cast on Spotify, on iTunes, on my own website. It's everywhere. You can't avoid it. It's a, it's a phenomenon sweeping the nation. Everybody will be going up soon. It'll be great. Get some t-shirts. People will tattoo it on their foreheads. It's going to be wonderful. I can't wait. Have a fantastic week, everybody. And I will see you next time. Have a good one, everyone.